Hello and welcome to the Highway to Health show. My guest for today is Chelsea Murray. Chelsea has a master's in exercise science and has been working in the health and wellness industry for more than seven years in a variety of settings. She is super passionate about helping busy people learn how to invest their time in themselves and in their health. Today, she and I will be discussing how you can ensure you kick up this new year and really this new decade by adopting a new healthy mindset and finding the time to incorporate fitness into your life. Now, before we go on to today's episode, let me remind you that if you're really serious about taking your health and well-being to new heights, whether it is losing weight, getting in shape, dealing with chronic disease, learning to finally eat well, get more energy, enjoy your children, or simply just to kick more butt, well, then you might just need a coach. And not just any coach. You need a kick-ass coach. And that could very well be me. If you want to find out, just head on over to dre.show forward slash coach and fill out an application. I will personally review every application that comes in. And if I think that you and I could be a good fit, I'll send you a link to schedule a quick video call so we can iron out the details and decide whether to move forward or not. And before you hesitate, I've made sure to have several options depending on your budget and goals. From group coaching for less than you spend on Starbucks every week to dedicated VIP one-on-one coaching. So the only thing you absolutely must be though, and keep this in mind as you fill out the application, is that you must be serious about achieving your health goals. If you are, then you and I can certainly work together. But in any case, I'll give you more details at the end of this episode. Right now, I don't want to keep you any longer. Here's my conversation with Chelsea Murray. And remember, you are on the highway to health and I'm your guide to get you there. Are you ready to live ageless? Want to discover alternative health choices, cutting edge nutrition, and fitness for the entire family? Welcome to Highway to Health Show with your host, Dr. E, the stem cell guy, where Dr. E helps you live ageless. And now, here's your host, Dr. E. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Highway to Health Show. Chelsea Murray is joining us today and she is a master's in exercise science and so many other things. But the really great reason that I wanted to have you here for this one particular episode is, well, people will hear about that as soon as we get started. So before we jump into our episode, why don't you, Chelsea, say hi to everyone and share a little bit more about your own journey. What has got you to where you're at right now? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, And the biggest reason that this journey has been such an impact on my life is when I started off being very active as a young child. And when I started working in the health and fitness industry, I always kind of felt like my mindset, my viewpoint on what health should be was different from what the goals clients were bringing to me. I was seeing a lot of weight loss goals. And while weight loss can be a good thing, it can also be a bad thing. And there's so many other things within health that are so important. And so I started kind of exploring that a little bit more. I had a client in grad school who didn't want to focus on weight loss. She wanted to focus on just being healthy. And hearing her struggles within the health and fitness industry really inspired me to start looking at how we are approaching our health in a different way. 
And it just has bloomed into this big passion for me that I just love working with people on. That's incredible that you've been noticing all these differences because for many years, I've been talking to people about that and about making sure that your goals align with what you really want for your life. And so often we're looking at the wrong objectives. I'm not saying that, like you very well said, that weight loss is not a valid goal, But a lot of the times, it's not the ideal way to go about it just for the sake of losing weight. And I guess that's a little bit of where you want to go to. Before we start talking about strategies and things people can do, how long have you been working with clients in this fashion? I have been in the fitness industry for seven years, and it's probably been about the past three years that I've really started to listen more to what my heart and my soul was saying I should be working with clients on. Before that, I was just, all my education was weight loss, weight loss, weight loss. This is how you get people to lose weight. That was what my trainings were in. That's where my education came from. And finally, there's became a point where I was like, it's not working (laughs) for people in the way they really want it to. People go on diets all the time. They start exercise programs all the time. And then yes, they might lose weight for a few months. And most of the time it comes back. So there's something missing. And so when I finally, a few years ago, started to approach things differently and be okay that I was doing something different than the personal trainers next to me. I started seeing better results with my clients, making more of the impacts I wanted to make on their lives. And people just seemed to be kind of happier. They were had more freedom in their life, more freedom to do the things that they really enjoyed. And I thought that was really important. That's important that you bring it up. And I just want to ask you, you know, as we start going into that season of the year where people start setting new goals. And I think it's a great time. I mean, personally, I think that it's very arbitrary and that if somebody wants to change something, they can do it pretty much any time of the year. But this timing is perfect because a lot of people, they use it as a clean slate. It's kind of like, okay, so we're starting a new, we're cleaning the slate here, right? But why do you think, and this is a great topic for this point in time, why do you think that the fitness industry in general is not necessarily serving or being as impactful as they could with their clients. Like pretty much what you realized, why do you think it keeps perpetuating throughout the fitness industry? I think a big part of that is this all or nothing mindset that is in not just how we approach health, but is in all areas of our life. There's this idea that you have to go 110% all the time, or you're not working hard enough. You're not doing enough. And I mean, I see that in relationships. I see that in people's careers, but I also have seen that creep into health. It's if I can't get an hour and a half workout in, I'm not even going to try. And so I think that a lot of the approaches out there right now are pushing people to follow that all or nothing mindset without giving them the tools and the education and the permission to do less when they need to and to know how to adapt what they're doing, their healthy habits to what works for their life that day, because life isn't always perfect. It throws curveballs at us all the time. You can't always follow the meal plan. You can't always follow that workout plan. And sometimes you just need to make a shift and it might be a little bit less than what you did the week before. And I think allowing people the space to know that that's okay can make a really big difference. Exactly. So you do the best you can with what you got. But if you can't do that, then it's, you know, you do the next best thing. You don't just throw it all out the window. I remember in my training in age management medicine, because age management medicine really is all about preventative care, right? It's all about lifestyle and nutrition and exercise. And that was one of the big 
things that we used to focus a lot of time on, both when I was training for it and now that I'm working with patients and with clients remotely in terms of health. It's exactly that. It's helping them understand that you do the best you can. And if you know, they say, what's the best workout? The one that you're going to do. What's the best time to work out at? The one time you can find the time. Because if you think that, oh, I read a magazine this, you know, coming in New Year's, and I read that the best time to exercise is fasting at, you know, in the morning, first thing in the morning. And because I couldn't do it, then I'm not going to exercise. Is that kind of what you referred to when you're talking about that all or nothing? Yes, that's definitely a part of it. I have clients that ask me those same questions of, well, when should I work out? What is the best workout? And my answer, just like you said, is the one you're going to do. And a lot of that comes back to doing things that you actually love. A lot of people don't like to work out. And honestly, like I get that. Like there's parts of working out that honestly, they kind of suck. Getting all sweaty, working hard, breathing hard, having your heart beat so fast, those muscles working hard. It's not always fun in the moment. I know I always feel better after a good workout, but sometimes you just don't have the energy. You just don't have the drive to go in and do a really hardcore boot camp class for an hour every single day of the week. Sometimes you need to just go for a walk while listening to your favorite music or your favorite podcast. Sometimes you need to do yoga for 20 minutes or get on a bike for 20 minutes or whatever feels good for your body that day. I think that there's, there really is an idea of there's one type of movement that's better than another. And your body has no idea whether you're doing yoga or you're going for a walk. It just knows that it's moving. And so finding things that you really enjoy are going to help you, one, stay consistent with it, but then also just it helps you break out of that, I have to do this versus I have to do this mindset. Exactly. I was just listening this morning to someone say, I think it was a video with Darren Hardy, my mentor, and he was talking specifically about how it is that consistency really is the key to pretty much everything. And, you know, when you start talking about health and wellness and fitness, it is more important to be consistent with a 20 minute workout four or five days a week than to say, you know what, I go out for a super long run every Saturday. Like that's not, it's not the same. It's so much better to just do a short workout, 20 minutes every, you know, three, four, five days a week or something along those lines that you're going to be able to keep consistent and stay consistent about and keep working on. So that's all. It's great to know that I've been teaching the right kind of things, according to an expert in the exercise field. Now, you also mentioned something very interesting, and it is something that I've brought up here before. I hate working out. I absolutely hate going to the gym. I'm not one of those people that are like, oh my God, yeah, I love going to the gym. It's like, no, I hate it. I get there and I do whatever I need to do and then I'm out of there. I enjoy certain exercises. I enjoy going out for a run. I enjoy doing things like that. But in the gym, I hate it. So it's good that you also bring it up because a lot of people, especially people that I've worked with, after a couple of days going to the gym, they'll say, you know what? The thing is, I'm really not enjoying it. And it's like, well, sometimes we got to do things that we don't fully enjoy because it is what it is. And it's what we need to do. We need to move. We need to exercise. We need to lift heavy things every so often. Yes. And advice that I have for people that just don't like to work out. And I'm a personal trainer. I'm a group fitness instructor. And there are plenty of days, plenty of times where I'm like, I do not want to do this. Like, this is my life. This is my job. And sometimes I'm like, no. But starting small and trying to find those few things that you enjoy or attaching it to something that you really enjoy. I love to read. 
So one of my favorite workouts of all time is to get on a stair stepper, get on a bike, get on a treadmill and just read a book for 20 minutes to an hour while I'm working out. I might not work out quite as hard as I would have if I wasn't reading, but it gets me moving while still doing something else that I enjoy. And again, the other piece of advice is to start small. There's so many people out there that are like, oh, well, so-and-so goes to the gym and does two classes a night, five to six days a week. I'm not going to do that. And so you can go in and just do 20 minutes, three or four days a week. And that's fine. And that's a great place to start. And you might even start training your brain and your body that, yes, at the beginning, I don't want to do this. But you start feeling those endorphins, those release of those happy chemicals. You start feeling how much better your body feels afterwards. And you start to associate that one task that you used to hate as being, okay, it's going to stink while I'm doing it, but afterwards I am going to feel a little bit better and it makes it easier to talk yourself into doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of experts in the field of habits and of doing all these things, they talk about, I think it was in atomic habits. And I think they said that we need to lower our bar instead of saying, I need to go work out for an hour every day, or I'm going to go work out for an hour every day, which you might do the very first day you decide to do that. And then the second day, you might not want to. You need to lower your bar into saying, I'm going to drive to the gym every day. I'm going to put on my workout clothes and drive to the gym every day. And that's it. That's all you need to do. If you wake up, put on your gym clothes, you drive to the gym and you get there, you've done it for the day. Now, if you also want to work out, you want to walk a little bit, if you want to do whatever you want to do, you're fine as long as you walk to the gym because that puts you into the habit of a person who goes to the gym every day. And then you might start upping it up a little bit. And I think it's very important as well to give ourselves permission to lower a bar. We don't need to be those super overachievers all the time in every area of our life or comparing ourselves to, well, my neighbor does an hour. Like, sure, but she's been doing that for years. You cannot expect to start there. Yes. I love Atomic Habits, one of my favorite books. And kind of going off of that is when people start to add in those new habits, a lot of what I see, especially kind of around this time of year when they've got the New Year's resolutions, I'm going to get in shape this year, I'm going to get fit, is they go in too hard too fast. (laughs) Like, I haven't worked out for two years. I'm going to go to the gym every single day this week. You can definitely do it, but if you're going too hard too fast, that's when you get so sore that you can't even get out of bed in the morning where you just feel so exhausted in all areas of your life and your body kind of goes, whoa, what was that? And so that idea of just slowly start adding in those habits is really, really awesome. And the other thing that I would add to that is listen to your body. Your body is actually really, really, really smart. It really knows what it's doing, but we have mentally disconnected from what our body is telling us so much that we don't listen to those cues of, hey, can we tone it down a little bit as much? And so getting into the habit of driving to the gym, there was one time that I was in the habit of every day after I was done working, I would go to the gym, do my workout, and I was great. And there was one day I was sitting in the parking lot. I sat there for 20 minutes. And I was like, I do not want to go inside. I didn't. <laughs> it was not about it. And I made myself go inside. I think I was lifting weights that day. I was doing some leg stuff. And I think I did a little bit of a warm-up. And I think I did one set of a squat. And that was all I did. Because I did that one set and I was like, this is not right today. And so listening to your body is going to tell you whether it can keep going or whether you're like, nope, that was enough. And I, I actually love it when my clients, when we're doing workouts, if they are telling me this is not happening today. 
or something needs to be different because it means that they're listening to their body and maybe they had a really, really long day at work or they've had a really long week and they just physically do not have the energy to go as hard as maybe they did the last time we worked out. Sometimes you need to drop it down and you need to, again, give yourself permission. I feel like that word just keeps coming up of it's okay to do a little bit less sometimes. I think that's a very interesting point you bring up. One of the times that I've been in the better shape of my life really is when I had a trainer. And before that, I always wondered like, why would somebody want a trainer? I mean, there's trainers in the gym, right? And they can just help you. And if you have trouble, they'll give you a hand. And then at this time I had a trainer, it was a very small workout studio. It wasn't even like a full on gym. And my agreement with them, because I was working out at 5.30 in the morning, my agreement with them is like, you know what? Sure. I'm going to come here Monday to Friday, 5.30 in the morning. But the only thing I'm committing to is showing up. I'm not going to make you wake up and come here to be stood up. I'll make sure to be here at 5.30 in the morning. But your commitment is if I don't want to work out, you're not going to push me. You're not going to give me a hard time. You're not going to do anything like that. And as a matter of fact, that was exactly the way that he operated. He said, it's great. As long as you show up, we'll figure it out. So in over two years of working together, there were some days that you get there and you're like, I don't really feel like doing anything. But as soon as you start moving, you go like, okay, screw it. I'll do it. I'm already here, right? But a lot of the times, the problem is to start moving. Once you start moving, once you start doing certain things, then you can continue working out. And it is so, so, so important to have someone there to help you out. What do you say to people, especially the example that you just gave, somebody who hasn't worked out in so many years and you know, coming around this time of the year, when everyone decides that they want to go back to the gym, what is your recommendation for them in terms of a trainer? Do you think that it is necessary for them to get a trainer or how can they get started? I think people need to know what motivates them and holds them accountable because there are some people that them just telling themselves, Hey, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week and I'm going to get in shape. That's enough for them. Cause some people can say very committed to themselves. There are other people, and this is myself included that I am very good at talking myself out of things. And so I need other people to hold me a little bit more accountable. And that could look like that you have a friend that either you meet at the gym every single time you work out together, or you know that you need to text your friend at five o'clock on Tuesday night saying that you're headed to the gym. And if you don't get that text message, then they're going to be messaging you going, why aren't you going? Or maybe it's taking that extra step and not just finding that accountability from a professional with a trainer, but maybe also putting a little bit more financial investment behind it to help motivate you of like, Hey, I paid for this. I have someone waiting for me that is going to be able to tell me what to do. So I think being able to know what motivates yourself. And part of that is looking back at what you've done in the past and finding what has worked and what hasn't worked. If you are someone who money just doesn't motivate you at all, paying for a trainer might not be the thing that's going to get you to the gym. If you just really hate letting down your friends, then going with a buddy is going to be what's going to get you there. And so I think it's finding out what's worked for you in the past. If something has worked, great, try it again. If it hasn't worked, got to find something different. Thank you for that, because I think that's a really good insight that we all need to be aware of. At the beginning of the year, my wife and I just did this. We sit down, we set our goals for the rest of the year. And one of the most important pieces of that whole process is to figure out, okay, why do I want to achieve this goal? And what's going to get in my way of achieving it? And how am I going to overcome it? And Of course, you can think of external things that might get in the way of you achieving it. But the most important ones is how am I going to get in the way of them? Because just like you very well said, I'm also really good at talking myself out of things. And I think most people are. 
about talking themselves out of certain things. So how am I going to talk myself out of this and how am I going to be able to overcome it? And I think that what you just shared is great. People need to be self-aware and they need to say, you know what, while my buddy here might hate the fact to even think that he's wasting a quarter of his money on a trainer and not showing up, for me, that really doesn't get me out of bed. That really doesn't get me out of work at a reasonable hour. But if I know that he's waiting for me there, that might. So I think that is one great strategy as to figuring out how to get yourself there. But now let's talk a little bit more about what we started this conversation with. You mentioned something about weight loss. And usually... That's the number one reason why people want to start working out. We like to think that, oh, no, you should work out because it's healthier, because your joints, your bones, longevity, muscles, whatever you want. But in reality, all of those things don't get people to the gym. It is losing weight that gets them to the gym. So what are your first couple of recommendations whenever you get a new client whose goal is to lose weight? What are the things that you look for? The first thing that I start with is trying to dive deeper into what that person thinks their life will look like when they've lost the 20 pounds that they want to lose or whatever amount of weight that they want to lose. Why is that number motivating for them? And how do they think their life is going to be different? Because by, for me, being able to focus on the, well, my clothes are going to fit better. I'm going to feel more confident. I won't hide in the family photos anymore. I will just feel better about myself when I look in the mirror. Those to me are a lot more motivating than the number on the scale. Because weight loss is so much more complicated than we make it out to be. It's not just calories in versus calories out. That's what it is at its most simple, simple level. When you start adding in hormones and stress and the way foods react in your body and just the way your body is kind of put together and reacts to certain types of exercise, it gets a lot more complicated than just calories in, calories out. So if we can keep people motivated on truly their big why, why those feelings of where they want to get to. And that I've noticed has been able to kind of help shift people from this, I have to control my weight, I have to be a certain size, just to be like, okay, well, your goal of losing 20 pounds is to feel good when you look in the mirror. Can you feel good when you look in the mirror, even if you only lose five pounds? And that helps just kind of, I think, take the pressure off of this whole weight loss. It allows people to, hey, yeah, I've eaten lean proteins, vegetables, and watch my portion sizes, drink a bunch of water all week. And then Saturday and hey, I still ate that way, but I want to enjoy a couple cookies because I'm at a party or whatever. And I think it just it allows people to enjoy their life a little bit more without so much of the pressure of, well, I can't cheat on my workout. I can't cheat on my diet because I'm not going to hit my weight loss goal. Exactly. And then you're only thinking about the time that you will have reached that goal. So now you can have all the cookies that you want. And now you can have all those things instead of saying, you know what, I'm just adopting a healthier lifestyle where if I want a cookie, I'll have one cookie instead of having 14 cookies. So yeah, I think that's very important. Now, a lot of experts and a lot of people in the industry, especially those who aren't fitness instructors, will say that the first thing somebody has to fix is in their kitchen and not start with exercise. What do you think about that? Do you think that it is, I mean, obviously we're not here to argue whether nutrition is important because I mean, 
you wouldn't be much of a fitness instructor if you didn't think that way. But what I really want to know is what are your thoughts regarding that idea? If somebody who hasn't exercised in say five or seven years at all and who's overweight and who has you know, not being eating well for the last five or seven years, suddenly shows up at the gym tomorrow and says, you know what, I heard you on the podcast and I really want to start working out and I really want to start exercising. So let's get started tomorrow. What are your thoughts there? Do you start working with them? Do you first tell them to, you know, go fix their kitchen or their nutrition out? How do you like balancing those things out with your clients? I definitely think that nutrition is incredibly important. Um, it's not a saying that I love, but the message behind it, I think is very true is abs are made in the kitchen, not in the gym. You can't out exercise a bad diet is kind of another one. And I think that they really do go hand in hand. I know for me, when I'm exercising, I tend to crave healthier foods. I, I don't want to go get McDonald's after a good workout. I want to go get lean proteins, have some grilled chicken, have some salmon and have a bunch of veggies. Like that's what sounds really good to me. So I think you don't necessarily have to pick one or the other. And for this imaginary client that's coming in, it'd be a conversation of, okay, well, what does your eating habits look like? Can we make some small changes there? And again, starting off really slow with that exercise program. I think people should start in the place that motivates them the most. If they're like, I want to get healthy. I want to lose the weight but gyms terrify me, maybe don't start by going to a gym first. Start by looking at the food that you're eating. Can you cut out some of that processed food? Can you cut out some of that really high sugary food? Can you eat more whole real foods and start seeing how you feel? Chances are, if you start making those small changes, you're going to also have more energy to go do the workouts. So to me, they really do go hand in hand. They're just both sides of the same coin. And being able to kind of pick the place that feels most natural for you, that feels the easiest for you to do to start off with is where I would try to push people to start with. Yeah, I agree with you. And I recently had, well, earlier, a couple of months ago, I had Dr. Nick on the show. He's on Instagram, the fittest doc. And he says exactly that. He's like super intense into CrossFit and he literally is super, super fit. And he's the first one to say that, you know, you lose fat in the kitchen and then you sculpt your body in the gym. And if somebody showed up to him, wanted to lose weight and, and, you know, wanted to go to the gym, he would definitely recommend that they can get started with exercise, but not neglecting food is like, okay, you can start exercising, but you definitely need to start looking at what you're eating as well. Because unless you're, you know, a 17 year old man who does exercise all day as semi-athlete, what you put in your mouth is going to have a huge effect. And this is not to say that a teenager doesn't have a detrimental effect with a bad diet, but they seem to be able to outwork a bad diet. Another question that I wanted to ask you regarding all of these different mindset issues in a way surrounding exercise and fitness and all of these different things is, do you think that when somebody decides to suddenly change their lifestyle, and I'm sure that you work with a lot of people like this who decide to change their lifestyle and they might start eating a little bit better. Is there a specific set of things that you want somebody to kind of like go through in order to start working out? What is kind of like your parameters in order to get them to a certain point? Or is everybody completely different? Or is there a way of saying, no, you know what? It's a general recommendation. These are the things that you kind of start doing. I think it can be very individualized based off of people's backgrounds, if they've got injuries, limitations, 
But I think in the end, it really is just find a way to move, find a way to move more during your day. One of my favorite tips to give people is, I mean, most of us work in office settings. We're sitting at desks all day, but during the day, you got to get up to go to the bathroom or you got to get up to go talk to so-and-so down the hallway. When you get up to go do something, don't just go walk to the bathroom or walk to that other office and come back. Like, walk around the floor a little bit. Like, can you walk down a set of stairs and outside for five minutes and then back in? Just finding little ways to just move a little bit more. Because in the end, if when it comes to working out, yes, there's lots of science behind why if you have a certain goal, if you really want to build muscle, there's certain ways that are better to do that. But if you are just getting started, you just got to move. in whatever way that looks for you, you just got to move more. Maybe you go to get your mail at the end of the day. And instead of stopping at your mailbox and walking back, you walk to the end of the block and back. Just finding those little ways. And it doesn't have to be very time consuming. It can be just a couple minutes at a time. Exactly. And all throughout the day, which is also important because I've touched upon this previously in the podcast with some of the other guests about how even people who do work out and let's say they get up in the morning, they do work out for an hour and then they sit in traffic for an hour while they get to the office and they sit at their desk for you know six or seven or eight hours. And then they sit another hour in traffic before they get home to sit down and watch TV. So even if they come back and they say, well, but I work out for an hour every day, Sure, but then you're spending the entire day sitting down, right? You're not really being active. You're not really moving. You're not doing all these different things. For those people that do, I call them kind of like weekend warriors where they just work out like an hour a day every day, but they sit the rest of the time or they are sedentary during the weekend. On the weekend, they get a really good workout in. Like, that's awesome. That's great that they're doing that. But if you think like, would you get silly putty out and just get it out one time a day and warm it up and then move it around and then three hours later, try to stretch it right away again. When your body is sitting, the same things aren't happening, even if you got your workout in at the beginning of the day. You need to kind of keep that going. There's so many benefits to just movement in general, regardless whether it's an exercise format or not, that you just, you got to keep moving during the day. Yeah, completely agree with you. And the other thing that I was going to ask you right now is, I know that you do a lot of work online. So people not only have to work with you like in person at a gym, how does this work out for somebody who's been going to the gyms and they're like, well, if I hire a personal trainer, it's all about them watching me and kind of like almost pushing me to the next exercise machine. But how does an online personal trainer or fitness trainer work? So everyone's kind of got a little bit different of approaches. Mine is honestly a lot about mindset and a lot about talking about the struggles that they are finding and working through what those barriers are and ways around those barriers. So then that way, when they get to the gym, because that would be a time when I wouldn't be with them to be like, yeah, I know you can do two more reps of this. I know you can do this other exercise. It's being able to give them the tools within their own head to work through those things. And depending on the person, if someone's working with me online, I still recommend that they get a personal trainer in person because that trainer is going to see things in their form that's going to keep them safe that I won't be able to see as an online coach. So for my approach to that online coaching is much more mindset resources, looking at how they're spending their time, kind of listening to what every excuse that they give me and like, okay, well, how can we work past those excuses? And my end goal is to always educate and empower people to be able to feel confident in the choices that they make on their own. My goal is that my clients don't need me in six months or however long we work together. We work together for so long and then 
after that, I want them to be able to go out on their own and keep doing everything that they were doing with me. Exactly. Once you help them install these new habits and essentially become a new person, you know, you, at some point you were not, you know, when you're a child, you're not a person who something silly, but you're not a person who brushes your teeth daily. You become that person. You don't need your mom reminding you that you need to be brushing your teeth and you need to be doing all these things. So that's pretty good. Another very important question, especially given the timing of it and when this episode is coming out, people normally, when they make a choice and they decide, you know what, I want to lose weight, they want to lose weight yesterday. Yes. What is a realistic time frame for most of these people? I mean, I think right now we all know that if you hear something is too good to be true, especially around weight loss, all of those things that, you know, you lose 10 pounds in 10 minutes or something silly like that. It's obviously not true. But what is a realistic goal that you work with your patients? And again, I know everyone's different. It's not the same for somebody who weighs 300 pounds to lose 10 than for somebody who already weighs 120 who wants to get to 110. So what is kind of like realistically? The rule that I've always followed is no more than two pounds a week. And that's like, I mean, no one wants to say, you mean I can only lose like eight pounds in a month? Like, what do you mean? That's not fast enough. But the reason is, is if you start decreasing your calories and expending so much more too quickly, your body literally goes into panic mode. It goes into starvation mode and it will hold on to every little bit of fat that it possibly can, every bit of stored energy because it thinks that it's starving. It thinks we're going into this famine where there's not going to be food for three more months and it wants to keep you alive for as long as it can. So as hard as it is, slow and steady wins the race. And if you can go through that process a little bit slower, the results are going to last so much longer. Because what I see happen so many times is people go on a hardcore strict diet, they start working out great, awesome, and then they reach their goal weight. And because their body was so freaked out that entire time, the second they go back to changing their eating habits and going back to more what they were consuming before or the exercise they were doing before, their body's like, oh my gosh, we finally have food. Yes, let's hold on to all that energy. And it generally ends up with you gain more weight at the end. And so focusing on going slow and steady, making those small changes and just letting the weight loss happens as your body is ready to it can be so much more sustainable. And I feel that it's so much more empowering for you as a person because you're no longer letting this number define you. You're no longer letting it control your life and control your actions. You are truly taking care of your body in the way it wants to be taken care of. And there's going to be some individuals out there, depending on the amount of weight that they have to lose or depending on what their stress situation is, that maybe they just naturally lose 10 pounds in a week because they had that weight to lose or it was all water weight or whatever it was. So it's not that you necessarily have to be like, I lost more than two pounds, like I'm going too fast, but just listen to your body, fuel it the way it wants to be fueled, feed it foods that make you feel good, that also are full of nutrients, move your body in ways that make it feel good, and try to lower those stress levels and the weight's going to come off. If you're someone who is at a place where you really don't need to lose that weight, then it probably isn't going to come off. And that's where you have to decide whether the place that your body is at right now and the goal that you want to get to, what sacrifices do you want to make? I know people have asked me, they're like, you're a trainer. Why don't you have a six pack? Because I don't, I do not have a six pack. And I honestly, that lifestyle to be able to have a six pack does not sound appealing to me. 
I like being able to feel zero stress, zero guilt if I want to eat a chocolate chip cookie because I love chocolate chip cookies. I don't want to have like 12 of them every day, but if I want to have one here, one there, like I just, I don't want to have that guilt and not saying that you can't have abs and still treat yourself sometimes, but I don't want that pressure on my workouts and on my food. That just adds too much extra stress for my life that I just don't feel good about. So it's finding kind of that balance of between your goals and the sacrifices you're willing to make. I could not agree more with what you've just shared. And I'm sure that a lot of the people listening to us right now are probably thinking, oh my God, somebody who thinks like a regular human. Because a lot of the times what happens is that for those of us in the health field, and this is even when we are not super strict with ourselves, but we tend to kind of like, exteriorize that idea of perfection and of, okay, so you cannot absolutely ever have a single chocolate chip cookie. You can never have, you know, next time you go to, you'll never have popcorn again at the movies. You'll never do this. You'll never do that. When in reality, and again, I have to agree with you, it's not something that you're going to do all the time. And it is not something that I encourage people to do. If you can never eat a chocolate chip cookie and be happy, then by all means, please go ahead and do it because it's probably not serving you health-wise. But if it is serving you emotionally, if it's serving you, it's giving you that little bit of pleasure, that little bit of enjoyment, and you can use it and control it responsibly, I think that is a tremendous ability to have. You know, There are so many different factors that go into play into whether you have a six-pack or not, and some people are, are more genetically inclined to have it. And again, it's not saying that, oh, because I have bad genes, then I'm always going to be overweight. No, you can control 90% of that. But if you're lucky enough to be super skinny, then you can have a lot of all these different things. Another thing that usually comes up regarding weight loss is the difference. And I want to know your opinion about this. Do you emphasize the scale, the number of the scale, or do you work more towards the fat percentage that a person is carrying? If I am working with a client that has a big weight loss goal, I focus much more on the body fat percentage because the number on the scale there, again, there's so many factors on that. It's the hydration levels. You can be dehydrated one day and have lost five pounds. Well, you can weigh yourself twice in a day at different times and you're going to see a difference. Exactly. And so for me, especially if you're someone who's working out and wanting that weight loss goal, one of the things that I recommend is as you're ready, adding in resistance training. Resistance training is going to add on muscle mass. Muscle weighs like three times as much as fat does. So you can be losing body fat and gaining muscle mass and never see the number on the scale change or maybe even goes up a little bit. And so if you truly are looking at the weight loss, you have to look at where the weight loss is coming from and looking at that body fat percentage. So I strongly recommend anyone that that's one of their goals, you you need a body fat percentage test. Yeah, I always recommend that, especially this time of the year. There are so many ways to get that. I mean, the simplest one, you can pretty much go to any gym and they'll do the skinfold test or uh, a lot of different pharmacies. They do the, what you call that, the bioimpedance scales. All throughout the West Coast in California and Arizona, and I think in certain places in Texas, there's this company called BodySpec, and they have these little vans that have a DEXA scanner. And you can go online and you can see where they're going to be at. And this is not sponsored in any way. I'm just a client of theirs. And you can see where they're going to be at and you schedule it. And it takes literally 10 minutes. You just go, you sit there in your boxers and it'll scan you. It's kind of like a CAT scan less radiation, obviously. And it'll tell you how much body fat you have, how much your bone density, your muscle density. It's especially important for women to figure out how their bone density is doing and all of these different things. And it's pretty much the best way 
to measure progress. Would you agree with that? Yes, I highly, highly recommend anyone that can find access to a DEXA scanner. That's the way to go. I and mean, if people are finding they're not in the area where they have that company that has the van that goes around, other places you can look is if there's a university in the area that has an exercise science program. I know here where I'm at, I'm in Wichita, there, Wichita State has an exercise science program. And sometimes they will open it up and allow community members to come in and, and get a DEXA scan. Of course, there's the cost, but I think it's so worth it. I mean, you get the bone density, as you mentioned, which is so valuable. Well, the DEXA scan at Buddy Spec is less than $100. And really, I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but the DEXA scan wasn't really invented for measuring body fat. So where you can find it is most places that do tests for osteoporosis. So it's the exact same machine. And you know, you just call ahead and, and you make an appointment and you go in there. It should be around $100, maybe a little bit less. And you can just go in and have it done. And it's a great way to measure progress. A lot of places actually, when they do exercise, they will sell you or you can buy packages that you buy four or five. And then you can do one every quarter and, and, and you can be measuring. So those, those are all great things. But Chelsea, so far, this has been a great, great, great conversation. I'm sure that a lot of people listening to us are thinking, you know what, finally somebody that I can really connect with, that I can finally follow because there's so many fat diets, there's so many fat exercises, there's so many fake influencers, there's so many misinformation out there. And that's why I'm on this mission to bring in people who actually do the work that they talk about and connect them with our listeners. So I think that's a great Great timing to have you come on the show because I'm sure a lot of people are looking for what you offer. So where can people find out more about you and maybe even work with you if they were so inclined? So ways people can find me, I have a website. It is chelseadcoaching.com as well as I'm on Instagram. Um, I'm on Instagram a lot more than I'm on Facebook and you can find me at, at chelsea underscore d underscore coach. Perfect. I mean, everyone listening, you know that you you can find the links to everything that Chelsea has shared with us. If you're listening as a podcast, you just scroll to the episode description. If you're watching this on YouTube, same thing. You just scroll down. You'll see all the links down there. You'll see the links to our show notes. You'll see the links to everything else that we have. Before we say goodbye, Chelsea, I do want to acknowledge you for the work that you do helping so many people. I've always said this. I think that those of us who have trainings in the health field, we have an obligation to educate people because thanks to the internet, we can reach a lot of them. But also thanks to the internet, a lot of people who don't have that knowledge and expertise can pose as experts and they're hurting a lot of people. So I think that nowadays, it is part of our obligation as health professionals to really be educating people. So I want to acknowledge you. I want to recognize that you've taken the time out of your schedule to be here and to share with all of us. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for having me. It's my favorite thing to be able to teach people some stuff about health. Awesome. That's what I like to hear. And one final question. Did you have a good time here on the Highway to Health? Yes, I loved it. Perfect. Perfect. Well, so did I, and I'm sure that everyone listening did as well. Thank you once again for tuning in. For everyone listening, thank you once again for tuning in. As you have been used to by now, you can listen to a new episode next Wednesday. If you have any questions for myself or for Chelsea, make sure that you scroll down to the episode description and click on the appropriate link and send them our way. We'll be happy to address them for you. You've been listening to Dr. Ian to Chelsea Murray and the Highway to Health Show. I'll see you here next week. Thank you for listening to Dr. E's Highway to Health Show, helping you learn the science of living ageless. Did you enjoy the show? Please like, share, and subscribe where you listen to podcasts. Dr. E wants to hear from you. Go to dre.show. Again, that's dre.show. 
Until next time, this is Dr. E's Highway to Health, helping you live ageless. So what you think? For me, the best part about this conversation was finding out how Chelsea likes to work with her clients. You see, very often fitness professionals, and really most of us in the health industry, present these super hard-to-achieve standards that turn a lot of people away from the whole thing. You see all these perfect meals on Instagram, people who seem to be working out for an hour every day at like 4 a.m., they're only eating organic and grass-fed and local and non-processed, non-fried superfoods. And true the matter is, that simply does not happen, especially not when you're just transitioning from a standard American diet, from a life of sedentarism, from a life of poor health choices, to a life of better health and well-being. What you need when you're starting to change is a coach who understands where you're coming from and helps you focus on the next step you need to take. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be better. And that's something Chelsea seems to understand tremendously well. Remember that you can find the links to everything we discuss in this episode in the show notes. Just scroll down to this episode description on your podcast app and tap on the appropriate link. And if you're really serious about taking your health and wellness to the next level, about losing weight, getting fit, improving your energy, preventing disease, and kicking more butt, apply to work with me directly. There are different options and plans for every budget, so that's not an excuse. The only thing you need to bring is a burning desire to be better. You got nothing to lose here. Just head on over to dre.show forward slash coach and fill the application. I will personally review it and get back to you with your next steps. But that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You've been listening to Chelsea Murray and Dr. E talk about health and fitness. Thank you for tuning in. I'll see you here next week. And remember, you are on the highway to health and I'm your guide to get you there.